Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So, uh, this just popped up out of the blue on Thursday. Eli Manning says, found this old magazine today. I forgot Chris Sims played football. Ouch! That was an ouch from Eli, who has a sneaky, great sense of humor. He is a huge Seinfeld fan. Chris responds by saying, good afternoon, Eli. I can take it from the second best Giants quarterback of all time. Of course, the first would be Y.A. Tittle. Uh, or Phil Sims, or Phil Sims, or Jeff Hostetler, as right. Pete points out. Well done, Pete. Uh, I should have thought of that in the first place. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, Eli. Hey, I don't know. Hey, glad to know Eli's uh, out there paying attention to us. I, uh, yeah, even I, though even though there's a little little snark, just a little snark oh, in little that. Snark. I like it. I fully endorse it. I, I love it. I I love it. I'm I all sat for back it too. and went. I sat back and waited for more. I don't know where it came from. I have a feeling, listen, this is where it just, just like, okay, first off, I don't think he really went through the closet and got that because I got that. I was going to send you a picture. Somebody sent me that magazine not, not too long ago as well in the mail to sign the same magazine. So I have a hard time believing he dug that up from his closet and he must have been something. Only thing I can think of, right? Like what, what triggered Eli to do that Thursday? We did the draft of bad free agent signings, right? We did Brock Osweiler. I went on a little spiel about how bad the pregame warmups were with the Broncos quarterbacks, and I did bring up his brother's name. I don't know. I find it curious that the rerun was over, and about 45 minutes later, that came out. I don't know. Either way, I could take it. That's all good. It's all good fun. All good fun. I, I uh I don't know. I love the possibility right. that that actually is the reason for it because more than anything else, it would show Eli's watching the show. I, I don't. Right. I don't right. care how he or anyone oh, else. Well, no, he's to watching now. I just. I like think to we know should. Ta- we should tag him almost on everything we do and just be like, "And fellow viewer, Eli Manning agrees or whatever." We should just tag him for now on. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in that tweet though that would imply that he's watching. No, I don't think he would. No. I don't think he would like to admit that he watches. Us. No, of course. I think that. Most people. It's beneath him to watch us. It's beneath (laughs) most people to watch us. But uh, yeah, they're watching either way. But but uh, that that was funny, and and Eli is Eli is funny. He's a great guy, and I hope to see for as much as everyone's clamoring for Peyton to get involved in media at some point. I think Eli should get involved at some point. I think Eli. Uh, it's not his personality to be kind of out there, but but he's just, he's really funny and he's yes. genuine and he and he's a, he's a great guy and he does great things for very important charities, children's cancer. He's he's been involved in that uh, very heavily for years and um, uh, yeah, I I like I want more Eli Manning and less Chris Sims. I think I can I can speak on behalf of the entire world wind. Oh. when I say that, okay, fine. Hello to you too. Screw you on Monday morning <laughs> as well. <laughs> Don't worry, right. you're not going to get more Eli Manning. You're going to get more me. So uh, happy New Year! All <laughs> but, right, but you not what, but not five days a you, week. You know what's crazy too? Here, just one more thing about that subject. So you know, I put those emojis on the end, right? You know, just like to let know it, I'm joking. We're having fun here, right? You know, second best quarterback of all time. It's amazing how many tweets I get from, you know, real macho men, real tough guys. Stop using emojis. You're a grown man. Don't use emojis. Oh, is that what – I didn't know that's what classified it. 
Are you summarizing your conversation with Phil? No, that's 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 Mr. Tough Guy. I don't know, oh. but I don't use emojis. That's like, who that no. is. Arr, I don't use emojis. What? Like, get out of here! Like, shut up with that crap on me. That doesn't. I mean, I would like to dig through some of these people's tweets and show them all the things they say that doesn't. The fact that you're commenting on that in my Twitter means you're not a man that you're commenting on that. So shut the hell up. Okay, now we're good. Uh, you know what? Let's rip up the outline. You want to pivot to some news? I got some news. <laughs> okay. You want some news? Yeah. I got some news. Good. Eagles Eagles are bringing in a free agent quarterback today for a visit. Ooh. Who are you, Johnny Newsbreaker? Let's go. I hear want, it. I want I want you to guess who it may be. I'll give you two guesses as okay. to who it may be. Just two. Just two. All right. Um, Chase Daniel will be my first one. And womp, womp, womp. Play the sound. Jo- womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Joe Flacco. All right. Now, now they can play the horns. <laughs> eat it, Florio. Eat it. Yes. First round pick of the Ravens in 2008. Isn't he from Philly? He, he's Isn't from Flacco from Philly. Well, he's from Pennsylvania. Or no, he's from Jersey, South Jersey, outside of Philly. That's where he's from. So, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's close. Played at Delaware. Right. Blue Hen. Right. Right. Just like uh, the 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 uh, current president, Delaware, Blue Hen. Went to Pitt. Joe Biden played football there. Yeah. Went to Pitt and transferred. Right. Who's the quarterback? I'll only give you one guess on this. Who's the quarterback that prompted Joe Flacco to transfer to Delaware. Yeah, uh, that would be Palco, right? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah well yeah, done. Yeah. Well done. Right, right. And that, Tyler Palco. Yeah, that just shows you, you know, but people like are like, oh, you know, oh, how do the, you know, it's it's just funny. How, how do you keep him over Joe Flacco? How do you keep Jake Fromm and those quarterbacks over, you know, Justin Fields at Ohio State and he has to leave? Like, what the hell are some of these coaches thinking in college football? What the hell I are once, they thinking? Yeah. At the Sheets convenience store that was a tenth of a mile from the house we used to live in, I once bumped into Tyler Palco and Larod Stevens Howling in the Sheets on a weekday morning in the summertime. Wow. Wait, Stevens they were, Howling, they, who, who's that? He's a running, he's a running back. Right. Remember him, Larod yeah, Stevens I know. Howling? It's he's been about, forever. I've been... He, he's about 5'1", <laughs> and you can't – and he's just gone. That guy. Right. Um. They, Anthony Beck used to have a football camp here in town. So the guys that he would sure. bring in, guys that he knew, guys that he played with, they would, and they just, they just be in town. And right. they're, they're, hey, there's Tyler Palco and Laurent Stevens Howling hanging out at the sheets, getting coffee Good on old a Anthony Tuesday Beck, morning. Old roommate so. of mine in training camp, right there, Anthony Beck, my tight end down in Tampa. We were roommates together. Wait, what year? Uh, 2005 and 2006, we were together as roommates. Yeah, it was good down there in Disney. He was a good roommate to have. Certainly was. Uh, he's the man. He's one of my favorite teammates ever. Definitely. How did I not know? I've known this you for four years. How did I not know? I, that? I don't know. I don't know how you didn't know. I guess you just you know you just talk. You worry about yourself. You don't ask enough questions about my life. That's but uh, now this you know. Is true. <laughs> most of, most of the questions I ask of you have to do with your weekend night activities uh, and uh, what you may be drinking and or smoking. Yes. Beyond that, I really don't care. So uh, look, if they would sign Flacco, and it doesn't mean they will, it's it's an indication that that they are indeed looking for someone to support and and serve as a backup to Jalen Hurts, right? Would yes. Flacco be brought in to compete with Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. I think he's the perfect backup guy for a Jalen Hurts, right? We're going to run Jalen Hurts offense. We're going to do all these things. You know, we're going to back him up with a guy like Joe Flacco who's not going to have this strong personality, nor does he have, like, the big-time talent that's just going to, like, wow everybody every day but still going to be able to throw the ball consistently accurate all the time and is going to be comfortable being in the backup situation and not clamoring or trying to do anything behind the scenes to become the starter. I think he's the perfect backup as far as that's concerned. It makes a lot of sense, I think. And he continues to be the one guy who made gigantic top-of-market franchise quarterback money who will stick around as long as he can and be part of the game. It's not beneath him to be a backup. Yeah, that's cool. For a lot of franchise quarterbacks out there, I'm out. I don't care how much you're going to pay me. Three million, four million, five million, I'm not going to be the backup. I'm the guy or I'm not on your team. And Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, I I, I don't see any of those guys ever being anything other than the guy. And if I'm not the guy, 
I'm going to go do something else. And Flacco clearly doesn't need the money. Um, he, he's doing it because he, he, he likes wants it. to be around and, he, right. and he loves the sport. That's and, it. uh, you know, he, he got a, he, he got a bad rap when he kind of became the unofficial PFT commenter meme is Joe Flacco elite and that whole stupid thing that yeah. kind of took on a life of its own. Right. The guy's a Super Bowl MVP. And twice, twice he's become the highest paid player in NFL history with contracts that he finagled from the Ravens. And, uh, you know, he had some injuries in recent years. But I, I, just, I give anyone credit who is willing to accept that backup role and just want to be, he just wants to be around the sport. He wants to be part of the sport, and uh, he he surely has some wisdom he can impart to Jalen Hurts, even though their playing styles are very different. Definitely, you know, so much experience, still like a really good thrower of the football. I mean, we saw that last year. You know, we got to see it on that what was that a Monday night game against the Patriots? Some of the throws he made in that football game. I mean, he did some good things. He's he's a quality backup that loves football, like you're saying. And you know, to the other thing you're saying is way underappreciated for what he was as a starting quarterback for a team who was all about defense and playing that style of football. But Flacco still was dangerous in his prime as the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. I mean, big time. And playoff Joe was a real thing. I mean, again, you there's a lot of really good playoff games by Joe Flacco in his career. You know, He went up to New England in two AFC championship games and outdueled Brady twice. One, one, you know, and they missed a chip shot field goal in the other one. So, you know, he's had some moments throughout it. I've seen it in person when he upset his rookie year that my, my Titans team I was on as a backup. And we were 13-3 and three in the number one scene. He made some plays and throws in that game. So, to me, he's been an underappreciated, really good quarterback of this era uh, that was easy to jump on because, yeah, he was – the quarterback of a defensive football team and then got that big contract and it just, you know, was kind of a jump off point there. Audubon, New Jersey, his yeah. hometown. Played football, baseball, and basketball there, six foot six, thirty-six years old, which when you have forty three year old quarterbacks winning Super Bowls, uh Yeah, thirty six ain't thirty six. He's still got some gas left in the tank. And again, first round pick of the Ravens back in two thousand eight. So we'll see if he lands with the Philadelphia Eagles. Andy Dalton has landed with the Chicago Bears. This is a subject that, that kind of came up late in the week, and Chris didn't here on Friday, and we want to hear Chris's take, especially as it relates to quarterbacks. Here's Andy Dalton and a, a little clip from his introductory press conference as the new quarterback, possibly starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. You know, you're talking as if you're the starter. What kind of, what kind of assurances have you been given by the Bears uh, that – they're done at quarterback that they're not going to be making any other moves to bring in more competition for you. The, they, they told me I was a starter. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to come here. And so every conversation I've had is, uh, has been that. So um, that's the assurance that I've got. We had some fun with this last week, Chris, when, when he's asked the question, you, you talk like you're the starting quarterback and he scratches the side of his head. I, I really need a full forensic analysis. I think he scratched the side of his head with his middle finger as an expression of derision for the question that was posed to him, suggesting that he's not the starting quarterback, but he is the starting quarterback. Yeah. One year, $10 million, until they draft someone in round one, if they do. We've seen that happen before. Sure. But money, money talks. One year, $10 million, He's the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, unless and until they do draft someone in round one. But it... At 20 overall, there's no guarantee that there's anyone gonna, that's going to be there that they would want. No, and I just can't imagine that. You know, a little like we discussed last week, yeah, all signs point point to them. You know, they're going to take the route right now of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's our quarterback. Try to improve the offense a little bit and play through our defense. A little bit like we're seeing Washington trying to do with the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. I mean, that's what it points to right now. And, like, you know, to, as far as the drafting the quarterback thing, I just – I, I, I just don't imagine that happening. I just can't ex expect them to do a, a top 20 pick on, you know, at quarterback this year. You don't know what you're going to get at 20, and you don't know if that quarterback's going to be able to contribute to your team in a big year for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I just don't envision that. I don't see that happening, Mike. I, I'm with you. So I expect it to be Andy Dalton unless it, there's somehow, some way – there's still a Russell Wilson trade on the table or something like that. Right, but that's over. So I, I expect it to be Dalton. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be Dalton, and they could do a lot worse than Andy Dalton, and they have. 
That's the reality for Chicago Bears. Although, um, we'll we'll talk later about Trubisky's next landing spot, but Trubisky wasn't as bad in Chicago as people thought, and Dalton wasn't as bad in Cincinnati as people thought. It really is amazing in this sport that necessarily presents a zero-sum game for all teams involved. For every good team, there has to be a bad team. For every team that wins a game, there has to be a team that loses a game. There are going to be teams that are eight and eight, nine and seven, or now eight, eight and one, or nine and eight once we have 17 games, which is going to take some time to get used to. But you're going to have teams that aren't great, and you're going to have quarterbacks of teams that aren't great. And those guys become the pin cushions and the butts of jokes. They still have achieved at a very high level of athletic performance. And a lot of these guys, they just, they become just the pincushion for sarcasm and snark and memes. And I'll admit I've been part of that from time to time, but just like Flacco, Flacco, Dalton, Trubisky. So many of these guys become the butt of jokes when they've, they've performed at an acceptable level. And, and Chris, as you like to say, it ain't just the quarterback. No, there's other guys on the team. That's right. The bears are going to take a different Avenue right now. Yeah. They're not going to have the franchise guy. So what you can do it other ways. You know, we know that. We've seen, you know, we saw Nick Foles win the Super Bowl. We've talked about it. We've seen Blake Bortles in the AFC Championship game. We've seen Jared Goff go to the Super Bowl. We know what that you can get. We've seen Case Keenum. You know, there's been plenty of teams here that we've seen be successful, you know, with less than quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo's in the Super Bowl. Nobody's going, oh, that's a top 10 superstar quarterback. He had a 10-point lead against the best quarterback in the game with six minutes left. So, there's more you than one Goff. way. Well, Goff too. I said Goff. Goff yeah, too. I know. Okay. You know, I mean, yes. So uh, you just, again, it's about building your football team and playing that way. I know not everybody that loves the Andy Dalton thing and it's not sexy, but the Bears have, you know, the pieces to play another way. Andy Dalton's an upgrade as far as Nick Foles is concerned at quarterback. He fits, I think, that system more. He has a little more athleticism. He knows the system. So that's, I think, a, a thing they're looking at. And then, you know, their defense is damn good, too. So they're going to play that style of football. They're not going to make it all about the quarterback. That's what they're kind of forced to do right now. And they're certainly going to be capable of winning games with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. And and whether they intended this or not, and if they intended it, I say bravo. What they've done with this Dalton move, although most people in Chicago don't like it, you, you'll weather that storm you reduce your expectations going into 2021. And to the extent that that people will be amazed if they make it to the playoffs, good, good. That saves the job of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy if they make it to the playoffs. And, oh, they made it last year. Um, so uh, reduce the expectations, work Andy Dalton into the position where he can get it done, and, uh, and maybe he can. Five right. straight playoff appearances for a Bengals team that had not been very good before his arrival and, uh, uh, you know, it fell apart not because of him from 2016 through 2019. The Bears also in the news for various other players last week. Akeem Hicks was given permission to seek a trade. Whoa. And now the Bears are likely to keep Akeem Hicks for the final year of his contract. And that one surprised me, Chris, because you've said it time and again. Very different defense when Hicks is not on the field. I mean, you could argue he's he is the best player on that defense. Uh, you know, and I know they got Khalil Mack, who's really good. Akeem Hicks is, you know, I, I would say the last two years, I would take Akeem Hicks as far as the most valuable guy on that, that defense. You know, he is a real difference maker up front. It's never going to be statistical, like, whoa, this is unbelievable what he does – you know, on the stat sheet, no, the stats say nothing about the value of a football player like Akeem Hicks. Eats up double teams, one of the premier interior defensive tackles in all of football, you know, and he is disruptive. So he can get back there and not only create a mosh pit and hold hold his ground against double teams and all that, but he's truly athletic enough to where he breaks in the backfield and is an issue that way. I, I was surprised at first to hear that they kind of let him go out of the trade market, especially in a year like this where we're, again, we're going with Andy Dalton at quarterback. This is the year I'd look at it and go, damn, well, you need the defense this year then. Well, I'm not expecting 30 points a game from Andy Dalton and the Bears offense, certainly not. And to me, you know, they have a chance to be with Eddie Goldman coming back from the COVID opt-out and all of that. 
it's it still has a chance to be a very elite front seven, and I, I was surprised to hear that news. I can't help but wonder whether the backstory goes like this. Yeah. Team Hicks trying to get more money from the Bears, right. trying to cash in on the value he has while he still has value. One year left on his contract. Hey, other teams would pay me more. Other teams would pay me more. All right, fine, fine. Go ahead. Go find somebody else to pay yeah. you more. Right. And uh, we'll trade you. And he didn't. So I think that may have been a valuable Makes sense. ingredient in getting him to accept what he's due to make this year with the Bears when no one else was willing to say, oh, God, for that contract? Yeah, sure, we'll give a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick, whatever. So it may have helped the Bears get Akeem Hicks in the right mindset to enter his contract year and uh, and accept the, the contract value that he's getting from the Bears. Allen Robinson accepted the contract value he's getting from the Bears. Yeah, he did. What a surprise. Well, well <laughs> Kenny Galladay comes in for a visit, and the next thing you know, the guy who said there's no way, no how he signed in his franchise tag, what does he do, Chris? He signs his franchise tag, $17.9 million. Not bad when you consider that Galladay's getting 18 on the open market, but right. Allen Robinson now under contract at $17.9 million for one year, and we'll see where that goes from here but uh uh he he was dead set against it there were reports that morning no way no how is he going to sign that franchise tender and uh once it came out that galladay had a visit then they signed the tender and and then there was the report that the bears were still interested in galladay but again it was between 11 and 12 million dollars if they could have gotten both of them right but but the Giants paid 18, so that wasn't an issue. But Robinson will be there for Andy Dalton or whoever to throw the ball to. Yeah, well, I think that was one of those cases of like, wait, you're going to bring somebody in? Whoa, that's scary. Kenny Galladay's really good. He's every bit as good as me. And he looks at it that way. And then, you know, there's the possibility of the rescinding the, the tag. And I think also just the evaluation of what, you know, what we've talked about as a show. You evaluate the current market for wide receivers – He's got you, you got to be looking at that going, you know what? 17 and a half looks pretty damn good in 2021 offseason with a 182.5 salary cap and all that. Let me just take that right now and see where it goes from here. Maybe they can figure something out long term wise or maybe it's still the trade trade and a contract extension with another team is still on the table. But I think in this year with the way the circumstances are, you sign that. And I think we saw I feel like a little bit of a land rush really ever since that point throughout the league, right? There was about four or five other guys who I felt like, they well, they signed, signed. They all got in line and signed there. You know, you know what? This market's a little crazy this year. Let me sign this crap right now and end this speculation. They've all either signed their franchise tenders yeah. or signed long-term that's deals. Because that, that's the thing. The money's just not out there. And uh, if, if you don't get that, when you see guys doing one-year deals – to get a crack at the market next year, you take that one-year deal driven by a franchise tag calculated based upon past years and salary cap percentages, et cetera, et cetera. It's not as dramatically affected, although it is still affected by the reduction in the cap. You take that and you go with it. And that's what every guy who was franchise tagged this year has done, except for the guys who have signed long-term deals. Now, Kyle Fuller was cut by the Bears after – they made it clear they were going to cut him. They waited a day, as teams often do, to see if someone would trade for him. No one did. He was cut. And he quickly signed with the Denver Broncos, which which means that the, the Broncos, like all teams do, were in contact with Kyle Fuller's agent to work out something in the event that he was cut. And Fuller knew not to accept anything less or to facilitate a trade or whatever. You're getting cut, you're getting cut, and then you go sign with the Broncos. And he had a bad year last year, but uh, – hey, it's not like he's washed up. It's just the Bears decided they didn't want to pay him what he was due to, to be paid under the fourth year of his contract that he signed three years ago. No, I mean, two years ago, he was really damn good. Last year, it was underwhelming. There's, there's no doubt, but it still was good. It wasn't like you were like, oh, man, this guy's done. It's over. It's nothing like that. It's a good signing by the Denver Broncos. What'd they get him for, Mike? Nine million, right? Something like that. Vic Fangio, the familiarity there, that makes sense. You know, they just spent a little money on Ronald Darby, uh, got him outside on the other the other side. You know, and of course, I know we're going to talk about Justin Simmons in, in a lot of ways. But I, I'm Vic Fangio. I'm sure he's went. Ooh, I could get Kyle Fuller. Let me let me do that. He's he's an important part of what he wants to do on that defensive side of the ball, and he's still got good football, uh, behind, you know, in front of him. So it's a good signing by the Broncos.
We mentioned the Justin Simmons contract early in the show, four years, $61 million. Another example of a guy who's in the second year of his franchise tag. He had $13.7 million in hand, plus the reality he'd hit the market next year. What do you give him to get him to give up thirteen point seven now? Clear path to the open market next year because they weren't going to tag him a third time. And he got thirty-two million point or thirty-two point one million over two years. As a practical matter, it's thirty-five million, but some of that money's made in year three. But but that's what it took for him to give it up. And it's a good deal for him. It makes yeah. him the highest paid safety in football and it keeps him in, in Denver for at least two more years and up to two more years beyond that if he's still playing at a high level then and they decide to keep him around. Right. I mean, at the very, you know, you said a two-year deal. At the very least, you look at it and go, man, he'd really have to screw up for really not to see the third year to go along with it. I mean, and I think that was around 46 or $47 million. But, hey, listen, we talked about him a lot over the last month. The guy's a baller. He's a baller, and, you know, there's uh, – He's he's every bit in that conversation with the Buda Bakers, the Eddie Jacksons, as far as the highest paid safeties in football. And Eddie Jackson got paid because of the position he plays for Vic Fangio on that Bears defense. Justin Simmons plays the same position, and I would say that, yes, he's a better version of Eddie Jackson. Not like light years better, but he's better. Justin Simmons is special. You know, he's a really good open field tackler. He's phenomenal in pass coverage. And everything he brings to the table that way, there's really not a weakness to his football game. So I understand Vic Fangio wanting him, and uh, good for him. I mean, it's it's this is one of the best defensive guys in, in all of football. All right, we talked uh, about some current and former Bears. We're going to take a break when we return. A former Bears, number two overall draft pick, has a new home. We'll get Chris's reaction to Mitchell Trubisky's next NFL stop when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Before I let you go, one quick question. Blue cheese or ranch? Ranch, man. Blue cheese is disgusting. <laughs> blue cheese tastes like spoiled milk. I can't oh. eat blue cheese. <laughs> Welcome to Buffalo, my guy. Good luck. What up, Bill Mafia? So I heard that Buffalo has the best blue cheese, and I got it all wrong. Maybe I've been trying the wrong blue cheese. So I'm here. I got the wings, and I got the blue cheese. I'm about to try it right now. I was wrong, because that's actually that's actually probably the best blue cheese I've tasted. It doesn't taste like rotten milk. <laughs> reason the blue cheese tastes like rotten milk and i have never been a blue cheese fan Me once neither. i realized the blue in the blue cheese is mold no thank you yeah no thank you. i'm with you i'm, if, I'm negative yeah. ghost rider on the blue cheese as well i'm a ranch guy and really i don't want to dip my my wings in anything i just want to eat them with the sauce they have been cooked in to me that's plenty good i don't need ranch or anything else on top of it uh, I like a good dry rub. I'm fine with just chicken wings that have been fried and don't have anything right. on them. I don't Maybe need dip all them in a little stuff. barbecue sauce. That's what I like. Not even to do. that. I'm fine with them without that. Yeah, I hear I'm you. If they're cooked if, the right if way. If it's good chicken, you don't need any right, of that other stuff. Right. I'm with you. All right. Uh, stuff that happened while Sims had his three day weekend. Here it is. Oh, I don't the see pina any coladas. Chicken wings. You can dip 
you could dip your chicken wings Woo! in pina coladas. Ooh, baby. Yeah. How did you get a tan on your legs, but your face is still Casper? Well, you know, I got to put that 60 sunscreen on. Make sure. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was nice up here this weekend. I got some. Actually, it was nice to be outside and feel like I got in the sun. So that was good. Emmanuel Sanders had his press conference on Friday. He's joined the Buffalo Bills. We had a story at PFT how he'd been watching the Bills. The Bills have been watching him. He's intrigued by the fact that Josh Allen is there to throw 60-yard lasers down the field. And if Josh Allen, for some reason, is unable to play, they're back up this year. A guy named Mitchell Trubisky, the second overall pick in 2017. Here's Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, on the decision to bring in Trubisky as the backup to Josh Allen. This is a, a reset for him, and we don't expect him to be here long term. This is a kind of a one year, probably not in his plans uh, when he was drafted where he was, but we hope it's a great reset for him. Sean uses it, you know, make you be you know, the best version of yourself here in Buffalo. And then, you know, hopefully in a year, he'll get a chance to go back and, and land uh, a nice contract and a, and a starting job somewhere. You know, we have no doubt that that'll happen, but we're excited to add him here in the mix. McDermott with his Teddy KGB poker face there trying to show absolutely nothing. For the first, like, half of that, he was just like, no well, he, pro he probably wants to be like, wait, wait, we hope says, he doesn't go somewhere and start as a starter or something like that, because that means Josh Allen got hurt and he got to play and do something like that. That's probably where he's a little bit like, I don't agree with all those comments. Don't jinx it. Yeah. Don't jinx it. Uh, one year, $2.5 million, though. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It was a four-year, $29 million fully guaranteed contract for Trubisky four years ago. The idea that that's the is that the best he could do, Chris. The guy went to the playoffs twice, and I know there were issues, but two and a half million. I, in I'm a little this surprised. NFL to play quarterback yeah. and to clearly be a backup. I, I'm I'm stunned. I'm stunned that that's what happened with Trubisky. I, I am too, but uh, you know, apparently that's probably part of the reason why they were excited to take him. Wait, you'll play here for this kind of money? Let's do that. You know, and from Mitchell Trubisky's standpoint, listen, it makes a lot of sense for both sides here. It, it does. And not that this is going to necessarily, you know, propel Mitchell Trubisky going to be a starter somewhere. Yeah, he's going to have to have that opportunity. There's no doubt about it. And it's not like the Saints and Drew Brees where you go, well, Drew might be retiring in front of us here in the next year or two. Let me sign on. No. But at the very least, if you're trying to be that guy, you're a backup who is, you know, a low-level starter in the NFL, which Mitchell Trubisky is, who cares about the money at this point? It's not about the money. It's about the bigger picture. He's made a little money, like you mentioned. It's not huge money, but it's good enough. And you just got to now put yourself in the best position to succeed. And he looks at that and goes, wait, they got a good offense. Brian Dayball, very creative. I like what they do there. Okay, wait, if I do get in there, all right, there's pretty good support system around me. Offensive line that can protect, some receivers that can get open. That makes sense. And then, as we saw last year, Josh Allen plays a dangerous brand of football. It's one of those where you and me go, oh, I wish he'd stop doing that a little bit because we like watching you. We don't want you to get hurt. Not every play has to be the last play of the game. And from that standpoint, it makes sense for him to sign there, too, because, you know, with the way Allen plays, there's a chance he could sprain an ankle and be out two, three weeks, something like that. So it makes sense for Trubisky. And the Bills, of course, are a Super Bowl team, right? And it makes sense for them to have protection with a guy that's at least been there, done that, as far as the playoffs are concerned. And, and that explains the discomfort of a guy like Sean McDermott. He doesn't want to think about needing Mitchell Trubisky. And if you're Josh Allen and they bring in Mitchell Trubisky, you don't want to think about why Trubisky's there either. He's there not to compete with you or supplant you. He's there in the event that you get hurt yeah. and you can't play and we need to have someone better than Matt Barkley on the depth chart. And we'll, a scale of 1 to 10, in the Brian Dayball offense, how comfortable would you be with Trubisky if Allen goes out one to 10, well, like I'll just say like, you know, six, seven ish, maybe six ish. I'll say, I'll say six. That's really where I'd be. Yeah. I'd like to see a little bit of evidence there, but the one thing, this is where I feel good about it. And maybe this is where I would feel seven. Like I just think about Josh Allen two years ago and the offense they ran in 2019 
which is a little bit more of manage Josh Allen. They ran him more. There was a little more trickeration within their offense, and they had a lot of trick plays last year. They do so from that standpoint. That's where I think you know it could work. Like Dayball will work around Trubisky's. Okay, yeah, he's not the bullseye, you know, dead eye thrower that Josh Allen is. But they're also going to look at it and go, wait, he's got talent. He's got some pop in his arm, and they're going to try to work on the mechanical things to make him more surgical as a drop back passer. But I think they also look at it and go, wait, he's a good athlete, and we can do a lot of different stuff with him the other way too to make it work. And I think that's where it makes sense in their eyes. Yeah, and uh, look, Josh Allen is clearly going to be the guy for years and years to come, and that's one of the other topics that came up last week. Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, talking about the Josh Allen second contract. He's now in the window where it could be paid to him at any time. Here's Bean on that subject. He said he was going to give us a, a nice hometown discount, and you know, hopefully we'll get him done. Now, uh, in all seriousness, you know, we'll talk to Josh and his, and his people uh, probably later in the spring, get through the draft where we can just focus on that. That's obviously uh, a big financial commitment that you have to make. And so um, that'll probably be, you know, sometime May through the summer. You know, I don't know. And, and that's not uncommon. That's a timeline where things like that tend to happen. Patrick Mahomes last year, it was June, I think, when he did his deal. Right. Bottom line is it's not going to get any cheaper as time goes by. What you have to ask yourself, though, do you know enough? Have you seen enough? Do you believe enough in what you have so you don't get yourself into a Jared Goff situation? Yeah. Or if you wait for more information, it is going to cost you more money. That's the reality. It's always going to go up. The market goes up. The price goes up. Dak Prescott set the new bar. That deal's so much better than the one that Patrick Mahomes signed. And uh, the, 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 the reality is... If you swoop in now yeah. and you make him an offer he can't refuse. That's right. And he still has two years left of commitment and he knows how he plays the game and there is injury risk and he wants to stay in Buffalo, the sooner they get on this, Chris, the better. And and then really, I, I would be – I don't think Josh Allen's the type of guy that's going to hold their feet to the fire too and make some crazy demand of going – Side eye. You know, Side I eye. Know, I know. I don't Side think eye. so, though. I can say with him, I, I, I don't feel that's the case with him. We'll see. I mean, of course, I'm not trying to get involved in his business or anything like that. But, hey, this Dak is Prescott one. Side eye. This is one where I think to what you're talking about, Mike, you get you get it going. You get it done. You know, when, whether that comes June or training camp or whatever, once they get this year's salary cap in order, the draft, the free agency, get their team where they really want it, they can start to look into future years and what's the money situation and all those things, and you get Josh Allen signed up. You do. I mean, first off, it, it's it's he's one of the best players in football. He was in the MVP voting last year. You know, it was really the, the number three on that list. You know, it's special. The year before that was damn good too. They went to the playoffs. Yeah, it wasn't superstar in 2019, but it was damn good. Every year, it's trended in the right direction to where last year it took off. And yes, if I'm them, I'd, I'd be scared to let the season play out because if he has some year where it's 45 or 44 touchdowns and all of that, yeah, that asking price might go up, certainly. So they might be able to get him for the low come training camp, something like that. He is beloved in Buffalo. Yeah. And there are two ways to look at that. One, you don't want to jeopardize it. If anything, you want to strengthen the relationship. And if you do take less than you could have gotten elsewhere, not elsewhere, but you know what I mean, less than yeah. if you pushed it all the way to the limit right. like Dak Prescott did, then you're a hero. Also, he's beloved there, so he can do no wrong. Hey, Josh wants to get paid. Let Josh get paid. I don't know how it would play out, but this is where the folks at CAA are going to have a challenge in properly managing Josh Allen's expectations, yeah. protecting Josh Allen from himself. Look, Todd France, formerly of CAA, is the one who did the Dak Prescott deal, which is the best quarterback contract in NFL history, in my opinion. And Todd France hasn't been hitting singles and doubles the last two weeks. He's been hitting home runs. Right. He's the guy right now that the general managers are talking about as the as the agent. He's the one. I'm not making any endorsements. I'm just telling you, the people I know, yeah. France is the guy. Right. And he was at CAA. And what happens? Now CAA is going to want to reclaim the crown. And up next, Josh Allen. 
with his second contract and how much of that becomes a factor, Chris. The, the, these are all things to be determined, but we can't overlook the reality that the agents are not going to want to sign off on a deal that isn't the absolute best deal that they can sell that, hey, look at what we got. You think Todd France got a lot, we got even more. That's going to be part of this discussion and conversation. No, definitely an aspect that that's, you know, a part of the conversation. You're right. You're right. But ultimately, you know, it will go back on the Josh Allen to go, wait, am I really trying to get every penny I can or do I want to take a little less so we can get a few players here, there, whatever it may be? I think either way, Allen's sitting pretty. When you talk about, like, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, those guys that are going to be all, all in that conversation for renegotiation, you know, coming up in this year. To me, Josh Allen is the, is the guy there. And I know that's – Lamar's awesome. I'm not trying to say it. But Josh Allen is a superstar and – the way he plays the game, throws the football, does all those things, you know, to me, he's he's the safest bet, bet of those three. And if I'm Buffalo, I'm trying to get that done before the season starts. He's got rare special skills. He takes physical risk every time he steps out onto a field. It's up to the team to manage the salary cap. My position was, is, and always will be get every penny. Get every penny. Because those people who are paying you those pennies and dollars and thousands and millions, they didn't get to the point where they can write those checks if their attitude wasn't get every penny. So it's, it's, it's a fair way to enter into a negotiation with a multi-billionaire, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Let's take a break. In honor of March Madness, we're going to do a very simple draft. A lot of upsets over the weekend. We're going to draft the biggest upsets looking back at the 2020 season. What were the biggest games that made us say, wow, we didn't expect that outcome? We'll do that next here on PFT Live. All right, whirlwind. Uh, boy, this is even worse. This is even worse than the others. I don't think, yeah, you know, we, we ask from time to time, is there any topic out there, any proposition, any question on which 100% of the people would say yes. And just in this world today, no. But I think 96 is the closest you're going to get. And 96% of those who responded over 4,500, what do you say? Is it whirlwind or is it whirlwind? They say whirlwind. 96%. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. see? We're changing people. We're changing world the world. Wind. But now it's getting there. It's in there. Yes. One of the 4%. It's now whirlwind because of you. And yes, and people are eating hamburgers <laughs> off the ground at airports because of him. And that's the uh, suggestion. Have you been well eating done, off the Joe, floor? Well done, Joe. Well done, Joe. Who says whirlwind? What else do we got? Any more? Uh, Is that it? <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Allow me to play doubles advocate here for a moment. For all intensive purposes, I think you are wrong. In an age where false morals are a diamond dozen, true virtues are a blessing <laughs> in the skies. We often put our false morality on a pedal stool. I like Very it. Very well done. <laughs> like Big it. time, Stimmy Jim. All right. Uh, I watched a little basketball over the weekend, and now that West Virginia's out, I will not be watching anymore. But in honor of Marge Madness, there were three double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16. Number one, Illinois, lost to number eight, Loyola, yada, yada. Biggest upsets of the 2020 NFL season in honor of March Madness. Chris, you've got the like, trivia question. Don't they look at the people like who seeded the tournament after a day, like the weekend like this, and go, maybe we didn't seed things the right way? Maybe it's not the right Maybe we don't know what they the hell's know. going on this either. Year they, didn't, they never know. Right, yeah. right. Well, knows. usually they know with the number one and number two seed. This year it was like, uh, I don't think you do know, actually. Um, okay, so this is, let's say, Johnny West Virginia, all right? Let's see if you're a true one. West Virginia has reached the NCAA tournament final once. It was back in 1959. Back in your day. Lost to Cal. Where they Lost used to, to walk for a mile to get some milk. Born. Despite losing born. the championship, what Mountaineer was named the tournament MVP? Lost to Cal by a point. Right. I know that. I assume it's Jerry West. Well, I mean, of course. Jerry West? You should assume it. I mean, it's like, can we give, like, are we serious with these questions with him? <laughs> Uh, testing him with what? What color is blue again? <laughs> That's what we're doing. Damn. I mean, you got. Oh, all right. Go ahead, Florio. All right. Uh, plenty of upsets from last year to choose from. I, I got to start with the game that uh, really stunned me more than anyone, and it was the the New York Jets. 
just a week, right, after having their victory snatched away. Wait, yeah, was two that weeks. It? it was yeah. two weeks after. Yeah. They got the victory. They, they, they got the victory. They had their – wait. They were going to beat the Raiders, and they, they let up the Hail Mary. The Raiders, then they got and they killed lost. by the Seahawks, I was and then trying they to find a way. Right. I was trying to find a way to blame that on Gruden. Right. No, the Jets actually <laughs> lost that game. Yeah. But then when right. we had written them off and they were closing in on going 0-16, they somehow beat the L.A. Rams. Right. That was the upset of the year. Yeah, 23-20, right? Like their defense smothered. Uh, you know, the, and it was the Rams. Rams. It wasn't some, they made it to the playoffs. They made it to the final eight. I feel like that was the game where I think was the, the official whammy to the Jared Goff era in the Rams. I I think, I feel like that was the game where it was a little like, okay, that enough is enough. Like, are you kidding me? And that was the, I feel like the changing of the narrative from there. I think that was the shocker of the year. I think it's hard, hard not to pick that one. All right. You know, my next one, I think, is the 11-0 Steelers. You know, being upset on what night was that? I forget. A Monday night? Or is that a, it was an early Monday game, that game? Either way, late in the year, 11-0 Steelers. Against, Tuesday. It was, uh, was Tuesday. It Tuesday against a Washington football team who we were going, oh, the defense is pretty good, but they're not going to be able to beat the Steelers. And they just kept hanging around and hanging around, had the goal line stand. Alex Smith got hot. And really, the Steelers were never the same after that game. It was like a, it was a season changer for them. Kind of everybody, like, it took them off the pedal, to, pedal stool and knocked them down <laughs> to where everybody thought, everybody thought, Wait, we could beat these guys. So that, to me, was probably the second biggest shocker of the year. Yeah, th- there were several on my list involving the Steelers, but that was the first one where finally, after weeks of teetering, they did get knocked off the pedal stool. Um, I, I got to go Giant Seahawks. I got yeah. I got plenty of others, but Giant Seahawks. That was I'm just trying to remember the reaction where we're like, "What? Are you kidding me? The Giants went to Seattle and beat this Seahawks team with Cole that McCoy. We had, yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones not even playing in that game, and they they made Russell Wilson look ordinary. And you know that may be one of the the games that contributes to whatever the the current ranker is in Seattle involving what they really think of Wilson and how much of the offense they're going to let him run. But uh, that, that was a stunner to me as well. Both yeah. New York teams, congratulations. They got something that they can brag about. They, their, their teams, they were so bad this year that they, they could give us wins over NFC West teams that would, that would make it to the top of this list. Well, they certainly played tough at the end of the year, both of the New York teams. And yeah, the Giants, that, that was a shocker. You know, no, nobody saw that. They just they physically beat up the Seahawks, which was was the shocker. Their defense played good. They ran the ball in the second half on them. All right, ooh, I'm a little. I'm not sure where to go with this one. You know, I know. I think I am going to go the wild card game. I'm going to go Brown Steelers. You know, again, I know these are two playoff teams, so it's like not a shocking upset, but. It was the Steelers at home, and I think it was the look of the upset altogether. And the fact that, yeah, the Steelers, we expect them to win, and the Browns is the Browns, as Juju said, and all of that. You just thought, okay, the Steelers will find some way. This is their little stepbrother, and they'll find a way to beat them up. But then it's 28 nothing before you even blink an eye. I mean, I think that's part of why it was such a shocking upset, too. It wasn't the fact that, hey, they beat them. It was the fact that we got into the second quarter and we were like, oh, this game's kind of over. It's I don't this this offense with Pittsburgh, they're not going to come back from this this kind of deficit. So I think that was one of the shocking upsets of the year for me. And Ben Roethlisberger over 500 passing yards, only the second time in postseason history a quarterbacks had 500 or more yards in a game, and those quarterbacks are now 0 and 2. Tom Brady was the other one. Now Tom Brady's were were part of a game that was back and forth. This was Steelers are down 28 nothing. so it's throw, 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 throw all game long, which yeah. explains why Ben got to 500 yards. All right, I'm surprised you didn't go with this one. The only game I know. in the regular season that the Chiefs lost that they yep. tried to win, and yep. that was to the Raiders. And they went that long stretch with no losses at all. And uh, uh, the, for the Raiders to go in there and do what they did, it's still, in hindsight, it just shows the only way you're going to beat the Chiefs is well no the 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 Bucks rewrote the script before Super Bowl Fifty Five. The only way to beat the Chiefs was outscore them. The Buccaneers have introduced a new wrinkle to that, which is uh you know rush the passer relentlessly to the point where they hardly score any points. Yeah, well, good luck. You got to have uh, four awesome players in the defensive line for everybody to you know emulate that one. So you know the Bucks got a special damn team. 
But you're right. I know. I was sure. I wasn't sure what to do there with picking that game. I almost p- picked that football game. All right, my last one. I think I'm going to go with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts beating the Saints. You know, coming to town late in the football year. That was a shocker to me. You just thought, man, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, the way he throws the football, they're not going to beat this great New Orleans Saints team. And there they were, what up, 17 nothing in the first half. That was one of the shockers of the year for me. Two quick other ones on the way out. The Bengals over the Steelers on that Monday night game late in the yeah, year with Ryan right. Finley at quarterback. And in hindsight, all the way back in week one, how yeah. did the Jaguars beat the Colts? How did they pull it off? We didn't realize it was an upset at the time. Yeah, but it was. But by the end of the season, holy crap, the Jaguars beat the Colts. How did they do it? All right, let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Coming up later today, Chris's 2021 draft rankings at the receiver position. That will be on the Unbuttoned podcast. I think you did all right last year with your top five. Where's Chase Claypool? Right? Though? I mean, I was. How, well, how'd I, your I, guy I, not get in there? I, you got talked out of it, didn't you? Well, I just chickened out. You're right. I did. It's where I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to make those mistakes anymore as I go forward. You're right. I, I was the biggest Chase Claypool fan there was. I didn't put him in my top five. I don't know why, because of the overall aura or aspect, the rumors you hear, but it was okay. I mean, but Justin Jefferson, I think, was the guy that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of there to have him at the top two. He was, he was awesome, and reevaluating, he probably should have been number one on your Vikings. Last year, the uh, draft happened virtually. Everyone was at home. It was a different kind of experience. We weren't sure what it would be like this year. It's moving toward normalcy, although – it's still a long way from normal. They they plan to have the players Whoa. present with masks on, and Cleveland is touting a large live in-person event in late April, uh, and they're going to use the, the, the draft to promote vaccination. Hopefully they'll promote vaccination before, not at. Uh, <laughs> but the vaccines are out there now. More and more people that I know are getting them, Chris. Yeah. And if, you, if you're not eligible, you should be soon. Yep. I recommend everyone out there get it. Don't listen to the anti-vaxxer stuff out there. There's there's always going to be people like that. There's always, always going to be the 4% that says whirlwind. Go get your vaccination Go get it when done you so we can get back to normal. And I'm, unrelease, I'm releasing my quarterback rankings later on my podcast. See ya. Wide receiver. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.